God is so good today. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Oh, as we worship you. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. We're here in a worship state of mind. Uh, Billy Joel wrote a song about uh, mellowing out probably after several drinks. He's had alcohol problems just about all those folks have. Amen. But he said, he said, I'm in a New York state of mind. Yeah, you know, I'm just kicking back, having a few drinks. I'm in a New York state of mind. And don't have no peace, don't have no joy, don't have no victory, but I'm in a New York state of mind. Friend of mine, I'm in a worship state of mind this morning. Amen. I'm not a victim of of the devil's intentions. I'm not a victim of the culture's persecutions. I'm not a victim of the weakness of my flesh. I am a victor in Jesus Christ. And I didn't come here to represent a sad sack, poor old me Christian today to you. There's a better life for you today than that. I'm taken back. I'm always taken back when people relate to David in the deepest depression times of his life. Now, it's okay to say I was where he was. During the war, I don't know when it started, but during the war at some point, someone began to write in places where other people would see it. You can see it on the inside of caves after World War II. You can see it in places you think nobody would ever be. And yet, Kilroy was here. You can Google that. I don't know who Kilroy was, but he really gets around. Can you say amen? Kilroy was here. D- places that, you know, you'd wonder if anybody got there. Well, somebody was there. He was there. But nobody ever found Kilroy because he don't, he's not there now. He was there. Amen. I was where David was. I was there. If you went into the cave of Adullam, I was there. He went in there hiding from Saul. Amen. But he didn't stay in there. So if you're looking for David in that cave of disappointment, discouragement, amen, and depression, you're not going to find him there. If you went in the cave of Adullam today, if you look real close in the Hebrew, you might find scribbled on a wall, David was here. (laughs) But that's not where he is, and that's not where he stayed. In fact, because he was in there and he had had victory at one time, all the people that were depressed and in debt and, and just at the at their wits end and at the end of their rope they heard he was hiding in that cave uh, not very good security by the way they heard david was in that cave and they went into that cave and david taught them faith in god and when he came out of that cave and they came out with him guess what they became those defeated depressed people david's mighty men of valor. And if you want to Google that sometime, you'll find people doing as much as David ever did. Amen. And, and, and just, just feats of faith to show that God is no respecter of persons, but he is a respecter of faith. And he taught them how to believe God in that cave. Amen. I've been in that cave and I have trusted God in that cave. And God has brought me out of that cave. David said, I was in the horrible pit. If you get in the horrible pit, turn on your flashlight and look on the wall. David was here. Can you say amen? But did he live in that cave? In that depra- Did he live in that pit? Did he stay in that pit? No, he lifted me from the miry clay. 
He put my feet. He established me. He didn't leave me on the side. See, most Sunday services are talking to people that God lifts out the Sunday before and they slide back in. Slide back in. Slide back in. Well, God doesn't lift you up and leave you on the edge. God lifts you up and puts your feet on a rock. Can you say amen? He establishes you. After you've suffered for a while, he, he, will, he will establish you. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. And then he put a song in your heart. I appreciate what you put, put up on the web. It was so, so beautiful, the story of the young boy that drowned. And his mother said when they brought him out of the water, his dad rescued him, said he was blue and he looked like rubber because he was, he, he was gone. There's no life in him. Two nurses began to give CPR, but there was no life in him. He's blue. He's not breathing. There's no heartbeat. And they begin to pray out loud and they begin to sing. They begin to sing. Wait a minute now. If he comes back to life, if God hears the prayer, if God comes through, then there's a reason to rejoice. But you don't rejoice before anything happens. Yes, you do. If you believe that God is faithful, give him some credit for being faithful. If you believe he's all-powerful, give him credit for being all-powerful. At midnight... Paul, they were going to kill him the next day. But at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed. And the Bible said they prayed loud. They were getting really loud praying. And get, but they were not crying in despair and defeat. They were crying out to a God they knew was listening. And then because they knew he was listening, they began to praise him in song. What a witness to all those people looking at this blue boy. Amen. That's like rubber laying there. Amen. And they, the paramedics came and life came back in him. Hallelujah. And he's giving God the glory. They're giving God the glory. But what happened to, happened in the Old Testament happened right there on the beach when people pray and sang praises unto God. Amen. If you're down and out today, you need to get your praise on. Oh, Brother Venable, I don't feel like praise. I didn't ask you how you feel. I asked you, does he deserve it? If he deserves it, you need to override your feelings. Your feelings are flaky. They are not to be trusted. Can you say, man, besides we walk by sight and by faith and not by sight. Hallelujah. Praise God. And the Bible said they, they prayed at midnight and sang praises unto God. They sealed their prayer with praise. Hallelujah. And, and, and the Bible said everybody in the prison heard them. So they were not mumbling. Oh, Lord, please help us. Oh, God. No, Lord, we thank you that you hear us when we pray. In fact, we're going to praise you right now for that. And while they were praising God, not while they were praying. While they were praising God, the whole place shook. Hallelujah. And the doors popped open. Oh, not only their doors popped open, but everybody. Can you imagine? Everybody. <laughs> Oh, I, I used to minister in the, in the 
city jail and, and uh, they would open all the cell blocks to let people come to the Bible study, every one of them. So the good, bad, and the ugly came in there. And they all didn't come to learn the Bible either. Some of them smoked pot in there because they knew there's nobody watching. Nobody was looking in that holding cell. They, 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 I don't know if they had the cameras on, but if they did, they didn't care. I know that because we had a bad fight and they had to mop the blood up off the floor. So I've been where you are, and it's not fun. Uh, amen. I'm glad to get out of that place. Listen to me. They prayed and sang praises, and all the doors opened to all the prisoners. And the jailer came and fell down, and he said, they're going to kill me because I'm in charge, and all the prisoners are going to escape. Here's something. It's a nugget to me. And you know what? He said, they said, disciples said, said, we're all here. Nobody ran off because they saw the supernatural power of God delivering his children. And they said, listen, watch. Oh, we're not, we're not going nowhere. Friend, if God's people ever get set free, if God's children ever get the victory, if God's children ever get set free. People are going to sit up and take notice. If you're a sad sack, nobody's going to notice that because they're sad sacks too. Amen. If you're in a defeated state of mind, ain't nobody going to, you won't stand out in the crowd. They're all in a defeated state of mind. That's why they're drinking. That's why they're partying. That's why they're toking up and shooting up because they have no peace. They have no joy. Amen. But this is, this is our heritage. Hallelujah. As the children of God, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. This is the heritage. This is your birthright. Hallelujah. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. I, no weapon. No weapon. No weapon. You are not victims of anything. You are a victor in Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. But you've got to begin to not look at yourself as a victim. Too many victims. Every time I see people high-fiving David when he's in a hole, I want to tell him, he didn't stay in that hole. You can't high-five David. You can't fist bump David until you get out of that hole and get established in God and start singing his praises. Hallelujah. He put a song in my heart. <laughs> and the humble, not the virtuous, beautiful humility. But this is, this is the crushed by life word. I am crushed. And we are. We do get that way. But we don't live that way. We don't stay that way. Can you say, man? Hallelujah. Glory to God. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. Jesus don't want to jump down in the hole and hear you sing. Standing somewhere in the shadows, you'll find Jesus weeping over you. Oh, he's the only one. That, I'm not making fun. I'm telling you, that's a wrong attitude to have. Jesus is not in the shadows. He's not going to come to cry with you. He's not going to come down in the hole to weep over poor old you. Bless your poor old heart. It breaks my heart to see you so messed up. No, he's standing on top of the hole, reaching down, saying, would you let me pull you out of that place? Have you had enough? Are you sick and tired of being sick and tired? Can you say, man, would would you love to stand up here, amen, on this rock? Would you love to sing my praise every day of your life? Praise God. Oh, Brother Venable, you must have never got down. You are wrong about that, amen. But I have found David's God in that hole. 
I have found, amen, the help that God gave David was available to me. I found a God who would lift me out of where I couldn't get out of no other way and lift me up. And my wife has seen me and she's, you know, she saw me a deep, dark, down in the deepest, darkest valley, lower than a snake in a wagon rut. She's seen me that way, but she can tell you right now, I did not stay that way. Hallelujah. It's a battlefield, brother. It's, it's a battlefield, brother, not a recreation room. It's a fight and not a game. So run if you want to, run if you will. But I came here to stay. The armor is for you to stand, having done all to stand. Hallelujah. And he said, take it. Take it. I provide it, but you've got to take it by faith. You've got to apply it. Hallelujah. Well, when we see, when we see defeat and people with a victim attitude instead of a victor attitude, count it all joy. Attitude is going to determine outcome. Your attitude is going to determine your outcome. It's going to be faith-driven or fear-driven. But right now, your attitude is going to determine your outcome. The book of James chapter 1 says, I beseech you, what is it? Count it all joy. And it was written to people in deep trouble. It was written to those believers who had been scattered because of the persecution. They had left home, jobs, careers, running for their very life. They were scattered. And he writes unto them, count it. Everybody say attitude. Attitude can give you altitude. Say that with me, because if you don't, you'll miss it. Attitude can give you altitude. It can lift you up. They that wait upon the Lord begins with an attitude that leads to an activity that allows God to do something in your life. They that wait upon the Lord. They that wait upon the Lord. The Hebrew word is a very unique word. has nothing to do with taking a number or waiting your turn in the doctor's office. Well, I'm just waiting on God. You're not waiting on God unless you're seeking Him and worshiping Him. There's activity in this waiting. You know what it means in the Hebrew, the word wait? To bind together by twisting. It's what they were doing when they were making rope. They were taking strands, binding them and twisting them together into a rope. Activity. What does a waiter do when he comes to your table? Does he wait on you? Does he sit down and, and not say anything? or he say, Is he bringing you water? Is he going to bring your meal to you? I remember I took my wife on a date. Uh, our first date we ever went on that my mother didn't tag along. She, she dropped us off. We went, to, we went to the show and my mother tagged along. It was an Elvis movie. It was an Elvis movie. And she, we didn't care about Elvis that much. We cared about sitting side by side and holding hands and... and you know, see where that leads. We'll see. Might get some sugar before the show's over. Who knows? 
Amen. Come on. You, how, how many were young before you got so old? <laughs> I mean, no, there's no calories in this sugar. You can get as much as you want. It won't make you gain weight. So we went in, got our ticket, found us a seat that we thought was private. And we felt someone coming right behind us. I looked around and my mama was sitting right behind us. And I thought, bummer. <laughs> well, she said, she said, I hope you don't mind. I thought I'd, I haven't been to a movie in a long time. I thought I'd come to the movie too. And I thought, we don't mind. <laughs> but I took her, I took her to Ebo City. Back when you could park, leave your windows down, nobody would bother anything. This is back in the day. And we went into a restaurant, little restaurant in Ebo City. I didn't have enough money for a Cuban sandwich. Didn't have enough money for yellow rice and chicken. Had enough money. I had just enough money to get a bowl of Spanish bean soup and some Cuban bread with butter on it. And I'm going to tell you, that's pretty good stuff. The authentic stuff. And a cold drink, a Coke. And we sat down at the table. And you know what? They served us as if we had ordered a five-course dinner. Uh, this waiter came in, and he came in, and he had a towel over his arm, and he brought us our water. And then he brought us our little bitty Coke and sit it down. He laid a napkin in our lap. and uh, Wow, yeah, over a bowl of soup. <laughs> and I thought, wow, she's going to be impressed now. I got her a dollar and fifty bowl of soup and being treated like we got a five course meal for Amen. And and you know what he was doing? You know what he was doing? You know what he was doing? He was waiting on us. Hello? How many people are sitting in a cave somewhere waiting on God? We used to sing it, didn't we? I can't sing it that way anymore. Not with what I know. Experientially and biblically. I can't sing it. When the Lord gets ready, you got to move. No, honey, even if he is ready, you don't got to move. I'm going to tell you something. The Lord isn't getting ready. Lord is ready. He that keepeth Israel, he neither slumbers nor sleeps. So don't think he's asleep and you've got to wait till he wakes up and gets ready. No, he's ready. Everybody say right now. Amen. God is ready. I'm going to tell you something else. God is willing. God is willing. He's willing to deliver you. There's no way you can read this book and find an unwilling God to deliver you and to help you. Amen. You may feel like he isn't, but I'm telling you, he is. Read the book. Don't go with your feelings. Go with the facts. Can you say, man, they that do know their God, amen, they will be strong and do exploits. They will be steadfast and take action, one translation says. They will not be stymied by fear. They will not be victims of the enemy or of their persecutors. They will be victors through Jesus Christ and they will bring Him glory and they will bring Him honor when they sing His praises instead of singing the blues. 
they hung their harps on the willow trees. What kind of willow trees? I'm glad you asked. They were, they earned a title, didn't they? Weeping willows. Why did they call them weeping willows? No, no, it's not because y'all got here a little late. You didn't come in that way. I'm, don't take it personal yet. Take it personal a little later on. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. They hung their harps. They went down into Babylon as captives, and they hung their harps on a willow tree, and they were known for their victory, known for the faithfulness of their God, known for their worship of God. And as soon as they got down into Babylon, the first thing they asked them, we would hear a song from thee. What? We would hear a song from thee. Because they were notorious. One of the, the, it wasn't Tertullian, but someone in his era that chronicalized historical about this new movement in the New Testament. And, and, and in the Old Covenant, there were those people who wrote about these Hebrews. And it said you had never known what joy was in any celebration for anything until you go to one of the Jewish feasts. By the way, just to run it by you, there was more feasting than fasting. Now, we probably need to do more fasting than feasting in our day with all our, you know, food that we have available to us. But I'm telling you, this was not a beat down, beleaguered group of people. These were people in a covenant with a holy covenant keeping God and they knew it. And when they knew it and they were right with him, they rejoiced in him and they rejoiced in such a way that they were notorious for their songs of praise. You could hear them a half a mile away praising God. And so when they got down into Babylon and said, These are those people. Oh, man. I heard them one time. I went to visit my friend. And they were having a feast in that city. And I heard them. We would hear what from you? Oh, let me tell you something. Not only would the world like to see some victory out of those who claim that their God is the true and living God, but God would like to hear His own kids giving Him some praise from the heart. Amen. God would love to hear your voice this morning praising Him from a heart full of gratitude and love for Him and confidence in Him. Oh, but here's the logic of the victim, victimized people. Here's the logic. How can we sing the Lord's song in a strange land? Well, how could they sing the Lord's song in prison at midnight with no evidence of any deliverance anywhere? The same way they could. I've often wondered what would have happened if they had repented and knew it was their own folly and foolishness and sinfulness and stubbornness that got them taken into Babylon. It wasn't God's unfaithfulness. Someone said there's a reason for everything. And sometimes the reason is we're stubborn and stupid. That's why the man of God can get so frustrated and agitated. But the man of God must not strive. But be patient, instructing those that oppose themselves. Now see, what's so frustrating about that, we can blame it on the devil all day long. But we've been given power 
over all the power of Satan. If you don't use it, it's not because you don't have it. It's because you don't stir up the gift that you have. You don't apply it by faith. Amen. So we can blame the devil. I was going to do this for God, but the devil. Fully on the devil. If you're going to do something for God, God's, God's got this. God's got you. God's with you. Your armor's to stand with. You, you don't want to cry on your sword. It'll rust it. You don't want all those tears on your, on your breastplate dripping down. Amen. God wants to do something today. God really wants to do something. If you're not right with God, you're opposing yourself. Don't blame, don't blame the king of Babylon for it. Took him 70 years to figure this out. It would have been far better to have Brother Venable come and teach him something. But they had Jeremiah. And they had Isaiah. Come back to me and I'll come back to you. Hallelujah. Your own stubbornness. Your own folly. That's the reason. There's a reason, all right, but it isn't that God's unfaithful. It isn't that grace isn't sufficient. It isn't that the Holy Ghost has lost any power. It's that God's people have an attitude that I'm a victim. I'm just a victim of circumstances. Let me tell you about the circumstances and this victim attitude. The attitude has to change before the circumstances will change or before God will change the circumstances. The attitude has to change. I want you to get a, I want you to not leave here in a New York state of mind or a Tampa, Florida state of mind. I want you to leave here in a Jesus state of mind. Hallelujah. I want to be able to encourage you in the Lord. I want you to get mad at the devil and mad at your old crazy flesh. Mad enough to kill it. Mad enough to kill it. Brother Venable, you don't know what I've been through. That's not the issue. I keep telling you, you're focused on what you're going through instead of who promised to lift you out of the hole you're in. Can you say amen? My dad used to sing it. I was lost and undone without God and His Son. When the Savior reached down for me. When He reached way down for me. Can you say amen? If he has to reach way down. If he has to reach. You remember the song? If he has to reach way down. Jesus will lift you up. If he has to reach way down. Jesus will lift you up. Looking. Everybody look up. Look up. Looking. Oh, he's not up there. So look back down now. Can you say, man, he's not up there. No, no, he's not up there. He, oh, yes, he's here, right here, right now. He's with you every step that you make. And lo, <laughs> down here in the nasty world, I am with you always. Can you say, man, hallelujah, hallelujah. Lo means look here. Lo means see this. Don't miss this. And lo, I'm with you always. Praise God. Hallelujah. I'm going to ascend to heaven, but I'm going to come back to you. How did he do that? The second coming or the rapture hasn't happened. He's not coming back to take us to heaven. He's coming back to walk with us here every step of the way. Now look at the victim attitude. Oh, it's sold. I wish I'd have come up with it when I was a victim. 
Because I could have, I, I'd have money to buy us a tabernacle right now. Footsteps. I was walking along the shore. And I was isolated. I was, I'm not making fun. I've been there. I've done this. That's why I do it so well. I was walking along the shore. <laughs> and I, I didn't feel like God was with me. In fact, I felt like God had abandoned me. And I looked around to see if there was another set of footprints. Because he said he'd be with me. And I looked and only saw one set of footprints. He didn't keep his promise. I'm abandoned and I'm alone. And God just says, you know. He speaks to him and says, what? Do you know why there's only one set of footprints? Because all this way, I've been carrying you. Thou shalt be born on eagle's wings. He don't just give you wings alone, but he bears you up. He wants to elevate you today. But you've got to change your attitude if you want to get altitude. Look at somebody and said, it's got to change. Come on, look at them again. I don't know if they got that. It's got to change. Come on, we got to have something's got to. How many believe something's got to change? We got a God this big and a God this good. Something's got to change. If He is truly faithful, something's got to change. Hallelujah, Amen. Brother Vimble, I'm hurting. I get it. God gets it. He comes near when you hurt, but He doesn't come near to stand in the shadows and weep with you. He comes near to lift you up. Hallelujah. And pull you out and not put you on, on the brink of sliding back in. He has put your feet on a rock. Hallelujah. And standing established in your faith now. He puts a song in your heart. A song of praise. Hallelujah. And the humble are going to hear it. And they're going to get encouraged. They're going to be glad because they said, look what God has done for her. Look what God has done for him. Hallelujah. God is moving for the people that are trusting him and looking to him, looking unto Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of your faith. If you look to somebody, you're going to be disappointed. If you look to self, you're going to be discouraged. But if you look to Jesus, he's going to lift you up. Hallelujah. And He's going to pull you out. Hallelujah. For He is the author and the finisher of your faith. But you've got to change your attitude. Can look to Him just to pull you out? No. Look to Him to help you to change your attitude. Listen. Looking unto Jesus, who is the author, finisher of your faith, consider Him. This is how you're to look to Him. Consider him that suffered such a great contradiction of sinners against himself. Where did he do that? Where was the greatest suffering 
from those who hated him. Where did it occur? It occurred at the cross. It occurred at the whipping post. You see what's happening? When you consider him dying in your behalf, it should solicit gratitude and praise no matter what's happening to you at any given time. That should transcend your immediate circumstance. When I just think about me, I get the poor old what? The poor old me's. But when I think about him dying in my behalf, there's no room for self-loathing, no room for self-pity, no room for that depression, no room for that. I had it. It gave me a nervous breakdown to the point that I would have been hospitalized with physical problems. When they prayed for me, a man prayed for me uh, in a meeting full of senior citizens. Don't write us off just because we've got a little bit of gray up here. Amen. Or a lot, depending on where, where, where we are. I don't use anything on mine because I deserve some honor after all this time. And the Bible said the hoary head is to be honored. So bring it on. As long as I can keep some hair, I'll take any color it comes in. Amen. Amen. Just let me keep some of it. Thank you. Although I would look good in a toupee. Mike rolls as I roll eyes, roll eyes. Trying to age gracefully. God has been good to me. God has been good to me. God has been good to the venables. God has saved my son. Sealed him with the Holy Spirit. I know I'm going to live with him forever. Praise God. Brought him back home before he took him home. Thank God for that. I got to see it. And the devil is a liar. Hallelujah. And it's not just his pants that are going to be on fire either. Can you say amen? Amen. Listen to me carefully. God has a victory for you. But we've got to get this victim attitude. Do you see the shift? Looking. Run with patience. You never quit running. You run with patience. The word patience, again, is not the word. Take a number and wait. I want to clarify that. The word patience here is perseverance. How do you get answers from God? Listen, listen, you've got to change your attitude. Well, I knocked and nothing happened. Well, you did, did you keep on knocking? No, nothing happened. Why bother keeping on knocking? Jehovah's Witnesses keep on knocking. You turn off the TV, turn it down so they can't hear and crunch, get down, and they just get, they know you're in there. I'm not giving them credit. I'm just saying, if you want somebody to come to the door, keep on knocking. If you know they're in there, keep on knocking. So here's what Jesus says about perseverance. Run with perseverance, the race. Keep on running. Keep on running. Keep on running. Amen. Keep on keeping on. Ask, and it shall be given you. Sounds simple, doesn't it? Unless you understand the grammar and the setting. Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asks, receives and everyone who seeks there's activity here come on there's not sitting feeling sorry for ourselves with a victim attitude there's activity there's activity faith demands activity because faith without works corresponding activity
actions. Can you say it with me? Corresponding actions. Is what? Is what? Is what? How dead? Graveyard dead. Faith without activity. The, the wrong attitude will take away any activity. You won't keep seeking. You won't keep knocking. You won't keep asking. You'll give up and give in and give over. Did you know how this is written? It's written in the continuous. Ask and keep on asking. Don't ever stop praying. Jesus taught it this way. Men ought always to pray and never to faint. Can you say that means you've got to keep it up? You don't just pray out of discouragement, you pray in faith. That's how you keep on believing. How long are you supposed to pray? Till the answer comes. That's why the Bible said in Hebrews chapter 10, beginning with verse 32, it talked about the suffering and the persecution of, of Christians in that time, just like in this time. And what did he tell them? He said, you have need of patience. This kind of patience, not the kind of sitting down doing nothing. This persevering faith. Everybody say this persevering faith. You have need of patience that if you've done the will of God, you might receive the promise. Cast not away, therefore, your confidence, which hath great recompense of reward. Can you? For he that shall come will come. If you don't give up, God is not going to fail. And the devil knows he can't stop God from coming and manifesting the answer. So he has to work on you. He has to work on me. And he loves to do it. He loves to do it. I'm here today as a spokesman for God from the Word of God to elevate you and to elevate me in the process. I'm not going to preach something that brings me down because it's going to bring you down. I'm not going to preach what frustrated me on the news this week. I know preachers that do. They said, boy, Sunday I told them. I, I, I thought you preached what frustrated you. <laughs> I'm glad I wasn't in that service. I get enough of that from the news media and from the politicians and from Lord knows what else. Tell me more. Tell me more about Jesus. Can you say, man? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Father, I just thank you. There's so much here. Knock and keep on knocking. Seek and keep on seeking. Do you see it? Ask and keep on asking. You don't ask as if he hasn't heard you. You ask... Because you know he's listening. It's an act of faith to continually. It doesn't mean, listen, I asked the Lord for healing for someone. I got a report that they got terribly worse. First, they got better. It's like a roller coaster. Wow, thank you, Jesus. And then they got worse than they were before a prayer was even offered. What do you do then? And the person who is under this, that I'm on the outside praying, but I felt myself being pulled into the defeat, pulled into the fear, pulled into the depression. And I said, Lord, there's got to be a way out of this because if I get down in this hole that the devil's trying to shove us all in, we can't keep, we won't keep asking. When you're that discouraged, you don't keep praying. 
Asaph said, I could not speak. When I considered all the things that you did for Israel in the past and nothing's happening anymore and nothing's happening in my life, I could not speak. And the literal translation of the Hebrew was, I couldn't pray anymore. It felt like prayer was useless, so why bother doing it? Bother doing it because prayer is never useless. Prayer is powerful and the devil knows it. So he wants to discourage you. He wants to discourage me. And I said, okay, I've, I've asked you. And the Lord spoke to me. And I'm glad I can verify it in the Word to you today. So you know it's not just, just me. He said, do you believe I heard you when you prayed? Yeah. I said, Lord, I know you heard me when I prayed. I've come that far in God. I know you heard me when I prayed. He said, then what should you be doing Instead of asking me again as if I didn't hear. I said, I should be thanking you for the answer. And he didn't talk this way, but I could almost hear him say, well, duh. (laughs) Come on, when are you going to do that? If you know that. Oh, but I feel. Oh, but they said. Oh, but the prognosis. Forget the prognosis. Forget they. This is about him. This is not about them. Preacher of a mega church years ago had a major heart attack. They put him in the hospital. And I'm going to tell you, I I was in there with my wife, you know, and those people are grim. They do not want to give you hope. Because they don't want to see your hopes dashed. They're going to tell you everything that can go wrong. They operate by Murphy's Law. Anything that can go wrong will go wrong. Come on, you you know how they are. Oh, we, we operate. We'll wait and see what happens. I hope we don't get sued and something goes wrong. Or any, there's so many things that can go wrong. And, and the anesthesiologist, I prayed for a lady's daughter, went in for an appendectomy. And she was just fine because she was in about 18 years old, feeling vim and vigorous. They're going to just take care of this. I'm going to go home. Everything's going to be fine until the anesthesiologist came in. Anesthesiologist come in and told her you know that's just so you know you know in case you don't wake up you know uh, we want you to know there's risk involved anytime you go under and now she's realizing you mean I could die (laughs) I'm 19 I'm 18 I can't die yeah you can and suddenly there's a phone call Pastor, my daughter's really scared. Could you come and pray with her? Absolutely. I'm glad she's scared. She needs the Lord. (laughs) I'll come right down. First thing I'll pray is for her salvation. And then that she'll have your peace, Lord, to go in this surgery. Amen. Grim. Negative. Scary. Oh, I'm so glad I know Jesus. I'm so glad I know the Lord. When my wife went under the knife, and I got to hurry, but when my wife went under the knife, I was so proud of her faith. She's, she's, and, and, and she's just a normal human being, believe it or not. Being married to me all these years, you'd think she'd be Supergirl, but she's just, 
She's just a normal human being. She goes through things too. And, and she's, she's in there getting ready to be taken and the doctors are standing around, the anesthesiologists, the surgeons, this team that is going to open her up and stop her heart and do some stuff and restart it. And, and, and she's going to be, she's getting ready to go in under the knife. And she looked up at me and she said, I'll see you on the other side. That means if I wake up, okay, I'll see you on the other side of surgery. If I don't wake up and there's complications, I'll see you when you get to heaven. But I'm going to see you on the other side. That's peace. That disarms fear immediately. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Well, when she woke up, she was in a world of pain. And they can't give you a whole lot of stuff because you've just been through open heart. Your heart is not really fully, you know, it's still recovering your, everything from the shock. And she's in some agony. And I went in and I prayed. And then I told her, I said, honey, if there's any way that I could, I would take your place. But I did put uh, this, uh, what do they call it? There's a word for it, and it's a good big word. If I could use it, people think I'm really smart, and I just can't think of it. There, there's a caveat. I'll take your place for one hour. <laughs> I wish I was honest in my prayer, sister. I said, I said, if I could take your place for an hour, I'd do it. You know, but what you're in right now, I don't want no more than one hour. <laughs> you can jump back down in your body. <laughs> Take the rest of it. Y'all, you strong. Listen, ladies, you are stronger than us when it comes to taking pain. going to tell you right now. That's why you have children and not us. <laughs> Honestly, you're stronger in pain. Tell me about it. I hit my thumb with a hammer. What do I do? And and uh, finger thumbnails half off and blood is on my arm running down. I run in. She said, "What have you done?" Well, look, honey, look. I I <laughs> and blood dripping off my elbow. Said you're making a mess. I go, that's not what I came to you for. I, I no, you don't have to kiss it. Just give me sympathy. Just look, oh honey, oh honey, here I got some band-aids, oh honey, oh <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and she does. She's a good she's a good sympathizer. Let me tell you something you don't need today and your flesh wants. You don't need sympathy. You need victory. We don't need sympathy in this room. We're the blood-bought, blood-washed children of the Most High God. The God of glory allows us to call Him Abba Father. Hallelujah. We have a promise. No weapon. No weapon. You're a covenant person. No weapon. No weapon. No weapon. Not the devils. Not your weak flesh. Not your persecutors. No weapon formed against you will prosper. This is the heritage 
of the servants of the Lord. And their righteousness is impeccable. Their righteousness is of me, saith God. It's not something the devil can dismantle. It's not something the devil, he can get you to do it, but he can't do it. Where are your accusers, woman? When I forgive you, it doesn't matter who's pointing the finger at you anymore. What more shall we say to these things? It's a drop the mic moment. Can you say amen? What more shall... Yeah, this is a sure mic. It costs a little bit. I don't drop it on the floor. But it's a drop the mic moment. What more? Paul said, listen, let's shut up the accuser once and for all. Let's shut the devil up once and for all. What more shall we say to these things? Are we going to argue with him? No. We are going to drop the mic. Hallelujah. It is Christ that died. It is God that justifies. It is Christ that died. Can you say man? Hallelujah. And has been risen from the dead for your justification. Justification is a forensic term. It means you have been acquitted. There is no one that can, who shall lay anything. Oh, I'm on shouting ground. Who shall lay anything? Who shall bring any charge? Hallelujah. Against God's elect. It is God that justifies. It is Christ that died. Yea, who is risen from the dead for our justification. Oh, glory to God. Hallelujah. Oh, we got to get a builder, bigger building so I can run around it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. we got to get a change of attitude. My brethren, my beloved brethren, count it all joy when you fall into divers, many different kinds of test temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. Let patience by changing what? Your circumstance or your attitude? We don't want to change our attitude. We want God to change our circumstance. Well, God could do that, but you'd never change your attitude. And after a while, you'd be right back in the same circumstance. Hello? Through the circumstance, God gets your attention. I mean, no, God gets your attention when you're in deep trouble. You find time to think about him. You find time to maybe say a little prayer. My dad used to tell me because he was in that victim mode. And I had to lift him up constantly. Amen. I felt like a, I felt like one of those, what's the good Jack called? A, the one with the hydraulic. I felt like a hydraulic Jack. Every day I had to, I had to get that weight that because he got into fear, he was deep into that fear and I had to lift him up and I was glad I could do it, but, but he never was able to stand, never was able because he got on the wrong foundation to begin with. He wasn't even sure of his salvation after all of those years in church. If you're not sure of your salvation, there's a door for the devil to disqualify you from every promise of God. But if you're sure of your salvation, what more shall we say to these things? If God be for us, who? Who? You can see the attitude change from victim to victor. Who? Hallelujah. Shall be against us and prevail. 
Hallelujah. Now, now that you're washed in the blood, now that you belong to Jesus, now is the accuser who shall lay anything. There's one that will do it day and night to the charge of God's elect. Can you say, man, listen, now is our accuser cast down that accused them before God day and night, and they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony, and they loved not their life unto death, their devotion to him. Listen to me carefully. Hallelujah. He loves you so much today. But if you don't change your attitude, you will never take change your altitude. You will stay down in the dumps instead of being lifted up. Thou shalt be born upon eagles' wings. Listen, they that wait upon the Lord. Is it Isaiah 40 or 41? They that wait upon the Lord. They that wait upon the Lord. You know who came to our table? A waiter. To bind together by twisting doesn't mean to sit as a victim and hope God will do something about your circumstance. It is to continually persevere in seeking Him and worshiping Him. Does He change your situation immediately? No, He changes you. He wants to change me. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as an eagle. Even young men will run and get tired and give up. And they will faint. But they they will run and not be weary. They will walk. And not faint. They that wait upon the Lord will run and what? Not be weary. And they will walk and what? Not faint. Now, see, I, my whole song list had to change when I got rid of the victim thing. And I looked for Christians that had victory and couldn't find many. And I thought, well, we're birds of a feather. We're all alike. Dear Lord, poor me. you got to change that at some point. If you're not right with God, get right with God. What in the world are you doing not right with God? When he said, if you confess, I'll forgive. If you confess, I'll change you. I'll, I'll, I'll deliver you from iniquity. Praise God. If you just get right with me. Listen, it, it gets so beautiful after a while. <laughs> when the attitude changes, the altitude changes. Thou shalt mount up. With wings as an eagle. Everybody say, my altitude is changing. You will run and not be weary. Jesus put it this way. See, there's activity in this kind of patience. It means persevering in faith, persevering in seeking, persevering in worshiping. Hallelujah. Praise God. Perseverance. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Guy goes to bed. Jesus taught it. I got so much to teach. We're almost done. But he goes to bed. His family's in bed. They blow out all the candles. And there's a knock on the door because his next door neighbor has company came in after midnight. He has, they used to get food on a daily basis then. They didn't have freezers. They went to the market, got food, ate the food, went back to the market the next day. There's no food in the house. 
These guests have not eaten, and they are hungry. They're not just hungry, they're hungry. So he goes to his neighbors and said, can you loan me some bread? He's knocking on the door. And I know how that is. You're, you're dead asleep. It's in the middle of the night. You hear knocking on the door. And you say, that can't be the Jehovah Witness this late. <laughs> and you go to the door to see who it is. And there is your neighbor saying, my guests have come. It's after midnight. It's too late to buy anything. The shops are all closed. Can you loan me bread till tomorrow? And he says, I and my family are turned in for the night. I'm sorry. And the guy goes stumbling back to bed. Guess what? Jesus taught this parable. He didn't make the face I just made, but he taught this parable. (laughs) Can you say amen? And guess what? The guy wasn't dissuaded at all. He didn't say, well, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to disturb you. I'm so sorry to get you up and walk away. No, he knocked louder. He persevered. Everybody say he persevered. He knocked louder. And the guy decided, if I don't get up and give him some bread, I'm not going to get no sleep tonight because he's not going nowhere. Every time I close my eyes, I hear that framing on my door. I'll just get up and give him the bread so I can go back to sleep. Now, God's not like that guy. Jesus kept teaching this over and over because he wanted us to get it. There's a widow. Her son has been killed and, 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 and she wants justice. She's, there's a judge that doesn't fear God or man. He is a hard case. You go meet some of them. One, not that you're going to be, but you may have to escort somebody. There's some judges, but because of their power, they don't fear God or man. I'm in control. I'm in charge. He didn't fear God or man. He had no mercy on nobody. But there's a widow woman out there wanting justice for her child. And she says, I want justice. Every time court meets, she's out there saying, I want justice. I want justice. I want justice. I want justice and after a while the judge realized every time they meet they're going to be interrupted by her unless he deals with that and he said that's the woman I'm going to take care of her case I'm going to put it up before everybody else's case today I'm going to get justice for this woman that way she'll quit coming what's he saying to us he's saying don't quit don't give up Don't get this victim attitude and give up and give in and give over. Fight the good fight of faith. Persevere. Battlefield, brother. Not a recreation room. It's a fight and not a game. So run if you want to and run if you will. But I came here to stay. Because of her importunity is the word used in the New Testament. And because of that man wanting bread's importunity. That's what patience means when it's perseverance. Importunity. The room is crowded. Jesus is teaching. I visualize a room maybe twice the size of this. It's a house and a big room in a house. 
You can't squeeze one person in that door. But there's a man who needs to be healed and delivered. His friends take him to the door. They don't open up a way to let him through. Jesus doesn't stop teaching and say, hey, let that man through. Does he? He doesn't, does he? He's God incarnate. He knows they're coming. He knows they're standing out there. But he's not saying, oh, make it easy. Open it up. Because if, it, if, if the door isn't wide open, they'll just get discouraged. And go. No, he didn't do that. He waited to see what they were going to do. Importunity. He waited for importunity. They said, we can get him in. We're not going to give up. We're not going back. They put ropes on his stretcher. They climbed on the roof and hauled his hide up onto that roof. They tore a hole in the roof. And Jesus still hasn't stopped teaching. I'll tell you, a Pentecostal preacher preaches on. <laughs> a spirit-filled preacher don't let nothing fluster me. <laughs> My daddy told me he went to a tent meeting. He said there was a guy preaching. said he got a full head of steam about halfway through his sermon. It was a tent, and they had 100-watt bulbs strung. And they weren't LEDs either. They were the full incandescent 100-watt bulbs. It got hot under that tent, all those 100-watt bulbs. <laughs> and he said bugs came from everywhere around them bulbs. said there's a big old black beetle bug flying around. And said that preacher got to preaching. And you've heard people preach like this. I'm not making fun of them. They've got a full head of steam. They have to breathe. They have to breathe but they're talking so fast they don't stop to breathe. So they said, Jesus said <gasps> that he would come <gasps> and, and they're breathing in <gasps> and he said he would do blah 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 and he went <gasps> as that beetle was flying by and sucked him right down his gullet. Now the beetle is stuck right in his throat. He's stuck in his throat, but he's under the anointing. And you know what happens? Instead of stopping everything and hacking and coughing up the beetle, <laughs> that would interrupt the service. And I'm anointed. I'm really going at it. Now, I can't stop this service to hack up no beetle. He goes, mm, swallows him whole. And says, well, I got him down and went right on preaching the sermon. I use that a lot to let people know, now you know you're really under the anointing. <laughs> Jesus didn't stop. He didn't break stride. They're tearing the roof off. They tear a gaping hole in the roof. A hole big enough to let a paralyzed man down or a man who couldn't get off the stretcher. And they start lowering him down. And when they get to the point of lowering him down through the roof to get him to Jesus, Jesus says, he saw, it says of Jesus, and when he saw the mans and the people with him, agreement, when he saw their faith, Saw their faith. You could see faith. Yeah, because faith without works is dead. How dead? Graveyard dead. But faith and corresponding actions. Faith involves activity. Hallelujah. Praise God when he saw their faith. Because it took faith to do that. 
faith that Jesus would respond to them if they could just get him in his presence. They were not going to be deterred. When he saw his faith, their faith, he healed the man. The miracle occurred. Can you say, man, the people that came and saw the crowd and walked away didn't get nothing. But the people that showed importunity got the miracle. See, God is telling us patience is not sitting down Listen, the devil will not, he'll have you not only doubting God, he will have you in your heart accusing God. I don't know why God delivered her and won't deliver me. I don't, and then he'll tell you all kinds of bad things to tell you you're disqualified. Well, you've got to get into the, you've got to know you're right with God. And when you know you're right with God, what more shall we say to these things? If God be for me, amen, who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? I belong to him. My sin has been forgiven. I'm not going to let the devil disqualify me from the answer. I'm going to seek and keep on seeking. I'm going to knock and keep on knocking i'm going hallelujah so the lord told me he said he said do you believe i heard you because i felt myself being pulled into that discouragement myself and i said i know you heard me he said then what do you should be doing i said i should be thanking you and that's when i said well duh Willie would say it this way, keep it simple, stupid, right? Is that his saying? We acknowledge our flesh and there's no good thing in it. God doesn't talk to us that way, but we deserve that kind of talking to sometimes. Importunity. It's all over the Bible, but it's not in many believers' lives. Seek him how long? Till he come and reign right till he come. You have need of patience, perseverance, that after you've done the will of God, you might receive the promise. Hallelujah. You're going to receive it if you don't faint, if you don't give up. But you've got to keep on seeking. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Seek him till he come and reign righteousness. For he that shall come will come and will not tarry. It's all a matter of timing. I called the man that was in that deep discouragement with his family as deep as he was. And I told him, he that shall come will come. I quoted that 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 scripture to him you have need persevere don't give up now don't give up now don't give in now now is not the time to throw in the towel can you say man the fight isn't over glory be to God until we give up the fight is on devil can't stop God he that shall come will come and in his timing he won't tarry either can you say man So it's a matter of his timing. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Though the fig tree shall not blossom, there's no cattle in the stalls. Though there be no fruit upon the vine, yet I will trust in my God. I will joy in the God. Oh, I will joy, joy, joy. I will joy in the God of my salvation. What happens? Did he change the circumstance? No, he changed the prophet. He said, he will make my feet like hind's feet. He will make me to make progress on my high places of persecution and testing and, and, and responsibility. Can you say, man, he changes me, amen, that I am able to stand on these high places instead of slip back down into those holes. 
Let's finish with James chapter 1. We've got to find a stopping place because there ain't no stopping me right now. It's all over the Bible. Situation after situation after situation after situation. You will find me when you seek after me with all of your heart. Hallelujah. Not all of your, your, your impatient, quick to give up attitude. Change the attitude, change the altitude. Say it with me again. Change the attitude, change the altitude. If you're going to mount up, you've got to change your attitude. <laughs> he says to these discouraged, persecuted, they're pouring it on them. This early Christian church and people, disciples of Jesus. Count it, attitude change. Count it all joy, mathematical term. Count it all joy. When you fall into diverse temptations, this is not temptations just to commit some sexual sin or to commit some murder or commit some sin of the flesh. This is the testings that come through persecutions. This is the testings that come when people fail you, when people hurt you, when people come against you. This is those testings. It's a form of temptation. Count it all joy when you fall into all kinds of testing. This is the revelation part that you've got to know. Knowing this. Knowing this. You've got to settle it in your heart. And you've got to settle it in your spirit. So that you can get an attitude change in your mind. He will establish, strengthen, and settle you. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience, perseverance. Let patience, perseverance have her perfect work. You know what one translation says? I like it's a paraphrase, but it's very accurate, practical, personal. Don't always try to squirm out of your trouble. Everybody say, but I want out. Don't you? I want God to get me out of the fire and keep me from the fire. I do not want deliverance in the fire. But since I got to go in the fire to be developed, I sure do want him in there. (laughs) Can you say amen? Since there's no avoiding the fire, think it not strange, the fiery trial that shall come upon you, but... God is faithful who won't let you go through it. No, God is faithful who will make a way of escape. Escape what? The trial? No, escape the intention of the trial. I'm so, man, I could swallow a bug and keep on preaching right now. Can you say, I'm serious. I mean, this is, come on, I'm serious about this thing. Amen. Let's put this in context. When I see escape, I see, get away. Get out of it. But let me put it in context. Think it not strange, the fiery trial that has come to try you, as some strange thing has happened unto you. But God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted above that, that you are able to bear. I'm not able to bear anything. They ask me, do you want Novocaine? I thought, 
No, just go ahead and drill it. I'll take the pain. No, give me that Novocaine. And if one shot, I can still feel even pressure. I don't even have to feel pain. If I can feel your thing pushing on it, give me another shot. In fact, don't give me a shot at all. Put me under. I remember I went in to have molars removed, and I went in, and the dentist came out with a tray, and I saw a hammer, a stainless steel hammer. And I saw something that looked like a chisel, stainless steel. And I could just see him doing that to that molar to break it up to get all the pieces out. And I saw these tongue-looking things, and I saw this thing he's going to cut the gum with. And I looked over at that tray, And they come with my shot. It was an oral surgeon. And I was going to be put under. And I'm not big on shots, but I wanted that one. Bring it on. Bring it on. And they gave me that shot and said, Mr. Venable, we're going to give you a shot now. And I thought, you better. I'm out of here. (laughs) I'm going to jump off this table and run through all of you. I done seen what's about to happen to me. They gave me that shot, and they said, start counting backwards from ten. And boy, I felt that shot kicking in, and I was grinning. <laughs> I thought, you wake me up when you're done. I don't care what you do to me as long as I'm not here while you're doing it. <laughs> you get done, use all that equipment on me, stitch me up, give me a shot then, amen, in the gums, and then wake me up when it's over. And I remember I said, ten. Nine. I said it with a grin, too, because I knew I was going out. Eight. Seven. Oh, God's perfect number. Yeah, it worked, too, boy. Number seven, I never got to six. I was gone. The next thing I knew, I was leaning back in an easy chair where they had placed me. And I heard a nurse saying, Mr. Venable. Mr. Venable. And I was in so deep and I was so happy that I knew it was behind me. I could hear that voice saying, Mr. Venable, but I was so comfortable. And they started shaking me, Mr. Venable, time to wake up, time to wake up. Now, that's my idea of escape. Can you say, man, (laughs) if he's going to make a way of escape, Knock me out. Wake me up when you've defeated my enemies. When there's nothing for me to bear, just wake me up when it's all behind me. And I'll go home. (laughs) No, no, no. You don't grow, grow, grow like that. Amen? You don't grow like that. Tribulation worketh patience. Patience, experience, and experience, hope, and hope make it not ashamed. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Oh, I've got to finish this. Count it all joy when you fall into divers temptation. Listen. Oh, no, let me finish the other one. God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted above that that you are able to bear. Who will with the temptation. Make a way of escape that you might be able to bear it. You put it good on the web. We didn't get a lot of hits on that because nobody wanted to hear the sermon. But he will. He will not. He he doesn't always take you from, but he'll always take you through. Well, nobody wants to go through, even with God. 
Everybody wants to be delivered from. And there's an implication today that if you build your faith strong enough, you'll never have to go through anything. Jesus went through it. Paul went through it. They all went through it. Every Christian in every generation has went through it. But they went through it. Not as victims, but as victors. God didn't care. You'd never heard of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego if he delivered them from the fire. You know what made God and them famous? Because he delivered them in the fire. Can you say man? Somebody give God praise today. Hallelujah. Finish James and we will be done. We're getting our money's worth today. Listen. Count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. Let patience, means cooperate, trust God through it. Let patience, let patience, let patience have her perfect work, that you may be perfect and entire Wanting nothing. Because if God can't develop this perseverance in us, we're not going to stand in faith long enough to see the answer and to receive the promise. Be you followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promise. You don't stomp your foot, say, give it to me. Or I'm going to give up. No, you take a stand and say, Lord, I'm trusting you for it. And I'm not going to move until it occurs in my faith. Can you say, man, are you getting this today? Count it all joy when you fall into divers temptations, knowing this, the trying of your faith worketh patience. Let patience have her perfect work that you may be perfect and entire wanting nothing he that lacks wisdom we're not changing the thought this is not general wisdom this is not the wisdom in proverbs this is wisdom about trials and tests as a believer how many know we need wisdom when we're tried wisdom is knowledge Rightfully applied. Say it with me. Wisdom is knowledge rightfully applied. Knowledge. We See, it started with knowledge, didn't it? Knowing this. And then how do you apply that knowledge? You say, Lord, I don't know when. I don't know why this is happening. I don't know when it's going to change. But I know that I'm going to be changed through it. And I know that you're going to bring me through it. So I'm applying that knowledge to this trial, and I'm going to persevere. Hallelujah. And I'm going to sing your praise on Sunday like nothing's wrong. Even though my heart is broken, it's not about my broken heart. It's about your broken body and your spilled blood. And I will not withhold my praise from you. And I know something about my broken heart. You're a, you're a healer of the brokenhearted. There's oil and wine for my wounds, but I can't stay home and pout. I have to get in your presence where there's fullness of joy. Can you say, man? Hallelujah. Praise God. Any man lack wisdom? This is the context of trial and testing. Let him ask of God that gives to all men liberally and upbraideth not. But let him ask in faith nothing wavering. For he that wavereth is like the wave of the sea. Everybody say a victim of his circumstances. Driven by the wind 
and tossed. Let not that man expect to receive anything from God. That's why there's so many defeated people. They don't trust God. They accuse God. And they think that's going to get God to come through. No, it's going to disqualify you from the answer. Satan has won the battle. Satan has won the battle. So anytime you see David in a hole, you're going to see a whole bunch of people saying, yeah, that's me. I'm persecuted. I'm a victim of of God's unfaithfulness. They won't say it in those words, but in their attitude, that's what they're saying. I'm a victim of God's unfaithfulness. I'm a victim of other people's unkindness. They don't love me. They don't understand me. They don't, I'm, just, I'm just a victim, 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 victim. And if that victim attitude doesn't change, they will never be a victor. Attitude has to change for God to elevate you from that place. Count it joy means an attitude is changing before altitude occurs. Lift me up above the shadows. Plant my feet on solid ground. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. There is lifting up in the Lord. Did you get something out of this teaching today? Praise God. It's important. It's important. It's important.